I want to thank all of our listeners for several years of dedicated and loyal listening throughout the Halo Talks 400 podcast completed to date. We're going to 1,000 by 2024. If you're so inclined, we'd love to have you go to iTunes for us, fill out a review so we can keep this podcast rolling globally. We are now on Chartable's top lists and moving up the charts. Also, if you want to educate yourself in the new year, please go to thehaloacademy.com. Take a look at what we've done with 150 executives in the Halo sector to get them smarter, get them prepared for capital raises, and also more winning. Thanks. Have a great season. Let's go. This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC. I have the pleasure of bringing in Brendan Sullivan from Zama Health, who started a company originally with his mother, Jean. If my Jewish mother, Joe Moore, and Pete Moore started a company, it would have been called Shoulda, Coulda, Woulda. <laughs> and we would have told you what you shoulda, coulda, woulda done on with your time, with your um, actions. Uh, so we decided not to start that company. I love her to death. Uh, but we're not probably going to be co-founders of any businesses anytime soon. Transitioning, you branded, you started the company, you saw a frustration. Obviously, everybody knows about the mental health issue in this country. Uh, tell us what you're doing about it and how this came about. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks so much for having me on, Pete. Um, but yeah, you know, so, you know, kind of the nexus of health and wellness has always really been a passion of mine. And, and you know, I, I was a former collegiate athlete myself. You know, I was captain of the track team at Yale. And I think just you know, seeing how so many of my teammates struggle with challenges of their own, eating disorders, depression, anxiety, you kind of name it, and just how much psychological challenges both within and really outside your sport really just have such an impact on not only your ability to perform, but even just work out. And so we really wanted to build a mental health platform, not only for athletes, but really the broader fitness community that really specifically addresses the underlying psychological issues that cause individuals to quit working out in the first place. And this is really to improve program adherence and really member engagement outcomes for people. And so, yes, I start my, my mother was, uh, everyone wants to start a company with their mom. I realized that. Um, so she was a former associate medical director for the only inpatient eating disorder unit and general psych unit in New England and, and has worked in psychology for over 25 years. Uh, so she's really heading everything up on the clinical side while, you know, I'm more kind of managing everything on the business and operations. Gotcha. Um, you know, when you take a look at how long you've been doing this for, um, you know, I, I would probably say you were, uh, you know, a pioneer or ahead of your time. Um, and now kind of, you know, everything's front and center here. So what are the, some of the things that you tell potential partners or potential groups that are going to use your platform and they say, Hey, I'm deciding between working with you guys in this startup that's been around for 18 months, right. you know, what kind of learnings do you have? You know, how deep is the platform? Um, you know, I tell everyone that, you know, when you're starting up a new company, especially with your mom, uh, it's an experiment. Right. Yeah. And, and you got to learn things from the experiment and either pivot or keep going down the highway. So talk about, you know, maybe some of the learnings you've had, some of the aha moments and, you know, why, you know, you're the best platform to use and you've got the longevity to prove it. Yeah, sure. So I think like at the end of the day, you know, especially on the gym side, we're really more working with like mid to higher tier gyms where they actually want people to go to the gym and work out. It's not like they want you to buy a membership and forget about it. And so for them, we're really trying to help solve sort of those engagement and retention issues that they're having. While for the end user and the member, we're really trying to solve like how to make it more likely for you to hit your fitness goals. And so when you actually look at the data, whether you're a competitive collegiate athlete or a regular fitness goer, 
the majority of the reasons people have issues working out are very similar. It's body image issues, self-efficacy issues, eating disorders, anxiety, motivation. And so we're basically, our clinicians have all been trained with the real needs of that community and the certain techniques to have how you address them in order to actually help solve both those issues, increase the likelihood of hitting your fitness goals and also help with member retention at gyms. And so on top of that, you know, I'm also a personal trainer and, you know, 90% of a trainer's job is emotional. People are coming to you with questions like, I'm going through a divorce or what should I be eating it? These things that oh, you're, you're, you're a therapist. You just happen to be in the, in, in the guise of a personal trainer, right? Well, so, so I, I am not myself. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I'm just saying like people you, treat you, I, I, you fact a therapist, yeah. even though you're not qualified or comfortable to exactly. deal with that. And so a lot of what we do is actually provide the training to the, the trainers themselves of like, when these things come up, how do you redirect them to the proper resources, which is actually better for the member? So we're really trying to, uh, you know, serve the ecosystem more, um, more broadly, not only in the member side, but also on the trainer side. And so we've actually had a lot of success specifically beginning with the trainers because there's a lot of burnout in that industry with all the issues that they're facing. And they, we're also trying to equip them that so that they're actually more effective at their jobs. Yeah. You know, there's this great study that came out. Uh, in December of this year by a group called ABC Fitness. Mm -hmm. uh, and the last page of their data report and trends was that 65% of the people cancel because they lost motivation. Mm -hmm. And if you, and you think about the industry, you know, there's average of 4% attrition in a health club. So if I've got 3,000 members, basically like 1,400 of those members are going to cancel and I'm going to have to refill those memberships. And I was at this conference the other day and there's all these AI companies that yeah. are out there. Yeah. And I said, and, and they said, what do you think the future of fitness is? And my first answer is, let me tell everyone in the room here, you can't have artificial intelligence until you have intelligence. Yeah. You need to ask me what motivates me when I walk in the door. I sometimes sleep through my snooze button. So maybe give me a wake up call. Sometimes like, uh, you know, I want to get picked up you know, people are going to the gym, give me a ride, just like you used to give me a ride to practice, right? You need to know that when I was 12 years old, I had access to my dad's change machine, change bin. And every time I heard the ice cream man, I used to fill up and put under my radiator, fun dip, big league chew and candy cigarettes. So I was chubby as a kid. I used to go to the elastic section called the Husky department of Sears. So if I walk in, I look a little bit heavy. All you have to say is two words for me, to me, elastic jeans, and I'm in, I'm back in, Right. So, you know, motivation is the key and people are trying to solve it with emails or text messages. So talk about how deep that you go and how you kind of get embedded in somebody else's community. Sure. Absolutely. So, well, there's a few things. About. So if you, you're probably familiar with like the stages of change model, like the pre-contemplative stage, contemplative stage, preparation stuff. And so we're really targeting kind of that action and maintenance stage where, you know, they've already made the decision. They want to be healthier. They bought a gym membership. And so we're really trying to maximize that. And so a lot of, I think, you know, the best way to do that is really kind of bringing that trainer in as part of that care team if they sign a consent form. Because a lot of times people are actually more open with their personal trainer than they are with even their doctor. And so they already have that sense of connection and, and um, that relationship. And so we're really trying to maximize that relationship together. On top of that, you know, we, you know, we're kind of tapping into these ex existing communities. So rather than us going and building our own community, we're going to like, know these different gyms and kind of leveraging those so we do like peer groups we do educational seminars we're developing digital content not only on the clinical side but we've also been in contact with like you know ex you know professional coaches and things like that to develop more like performance-based content too so 
we're really trying to tap into sort of the different wellness needs depending on who you are. Because some people, they do require, you know, a licensed therapist and clinician, but some really just want, you know, a quick three to five minute video of how to learn some quick tips and tricks, or some might want to do more of a peer group stuff. But so we're really trying to kind of provide a full range of services kind of depending on what someone requires. So, so after I ask this question, if you could talk directly about some of the brands that you work with, because a lot of the health club industry and studio market is, they want somebody else to be the first mover. And then once they hear good things about yeah. it, then they'll kind of hop on. Um, so the sales cycle is, you know, long, but once it hits, you know, things start to, to move from the pipeline because somebody else basically, you know, did the beta test, you know, for you. Um, how do you. Do you work as Zama or do you work as like a private label to those clubs? So if I got a three to five minute video on whatever the content is and people are aware of going to it or the personal trainers, you know, allow people into that content, is it co-branded? Is it, you know, embedded in their site? How, how does that work? Yeah, sure. So, you know, from conversations we have with people, some do prefer kind of that white label or co-label, but you know, we, so we kind of try to like meet people where they are. I mean, I ideally like we have developed our own brand and we like that. So starting for instance, in three weeks, we're going to kick off with fitness SF. It's a 30,000 member location gym in San Francisco. And so as part of your membership, you'll be able to access our services and they are branded as Zama services. Um, you know, we've also built, it's a web-based app. So eventually we're going to actually be integrated into their mobile app. So as a fitness SF member, you can log into the app and see, you know, our branding and stuff like that. But their team, you know, we're providing training and education to their sales team, their trainers, so that they're actually pitching us as a service similar to how they're pitching their personal training and things like that. And then, you know, some some gyms also, given that mid to higher tier gyms will have different tiered of their memberships. And so, so you know, we've also been kind of like these aren't finalized yet, so I can't really go super into it, but it'll actually be baked into the membership versus it being an add-on service like a personal training. So like you won't even see a separate line item for these services. It'll actually just be part of this higher tier membership. So that's where I think I really, that we really want to go to, but kind of giving the gyms a flexibility to do that now. And are you doing it on a, on a SaaS licensing fee on a, on a Mac, you know, cap rate per location? Are you doing it on a, per member per month? How does that work? Yeah. So like the way that one would work, like we're trying to also make, therapy, I think really similar to how the fitness industry experiences their own membership. So it would be part of like, you're just a membership fee. So if it was baked into this membership fee, you're just paying for this membership fee, similar to how you already have a gym membership and you get access to these services. I think like what we're trying to like, really, like, I think as mental health has kind of been talked about in the past, the whole, like, love yourself and love the world thing. It just doesn't resonate with any guy and it doesn't resonate with a lot of women. And so our whole approach is how can you make it more actual? How can you make it part of your fitness routine? And what are those, you know, actions you have to do in between sessions to address these psychological issues impacting your ability to kind of hit these fitness goals? You know, I like to kind of compare it to if if you're a, you know, if you go to your trainer and, and ask them, how do I run a marathon? They're going to tell you like, you need to run five miles this week. This is how you should be sleeping. This is the nutrition. And the same, I think that the therapy should be structured in a similar way, much more action oriented versus kind of so abstract, which I think is mostly kind of what you'd experience in the industry now. Great. So Brendan, that sounds great. You're definitely adding additional content to these operators that have these relationships, bolstering these relationships. If I'm a health club operator, I've got one club. Um, What kind of pricing is there? Is it a SaaS model? Is it a long-term contract? Is it a per month per member fee? Talk about the different constructs. Yeah, absolutely. And I definitely see this as an area where the business model will absolutely evolve. 
So typically it's, it's a, uh, it's a per session, uh, per member fee where the gym's actually paying us directly. And then that's being baked into how they're offering to their end users. A lot of what we're trying to prove out here too, is like, not only is this a potential revenue stream, but really a, a cost savings since like, you know, we've talked to executives at a lot of the major gym brands, their biggest issue is retention. Uh, it's the biggest like cost savings issue. So we really think that we can actually show that we can actually save them a lot of money too. And so ideally we need to collect more data to prove that out. But right now it's just a kind of a cash basis and they're paying us kind of per member uh, for the sessions. I would also gotcha. say, I think we've talked about too, eventually we want to get to a point too, where we can actually allow members to use their insurance uh, and really try to show that cost savings over time of, of it's actually cheaper for insurance companies to treat your head right and, 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 and uh, you know, work out more. And so it's a cost savings for them. So they'd potentially reimburse people for their membership. So that's more of a longer term play that, you know, we're still working towards. And are you guys, um, do you have to be HIPAA compliant to provide this kind of software platform? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we are okay. a medical practice, so, um, you know, they have to deal with all the fun regulations on a state by state basis of kind of working through that. But, you know, luckily we, uh, we have a great law firm, Foley and Lardner, and, uh, we've surrounded ourselves with, um, some awesome individuals who've worked in the space and have that background, you know, for instance, kind of the woman designing our whole, you know, science framework of what we're doing. She was the former head of science at Com. She's one of our advisors. And we also have other folks like the ex-CEO of Quartet Health as one of our advisors too. So we really surround ourselves with a solid team to kind of help us think through that, to do it effectively. And then if I want a one-on-one -on -one with an actual clinician, is that is that also part of, you know, the, the flow? So I got online digital content. I've got some communication with the yep. support groups peer-to-peer. -peer. I've got my trainer and personal relationship that you guys can help um, manage or optimize. And then I can also potentially go and say, hey, I need somebody one-on-one. -on -one, and that becomes like a Zoom, like telehealth. Exactly. Yeah. We're, we're built to be virtual first. Uh, we have done some in-person stuff. And I think that we'd like to be able to do that um, even more in the future. We can maintain an asset light model while also providing in-person care. Um, but it's definitely meant to be virtual first. And to your point earlier of you know, you have all these digital kind of therapeutic companies that have come up, especially in the mental health space over the past few years that have not really done a great service, in my opinion. And although it's highly scalable by taking a human completely out of that, I think it's not really the best um, interest of the patient. And so we do want to have that clinical foundation that people can access, um, but also providing these more digital based tools as well. So I think that you know, longer term, what we also want to do is develop more of a peer to peer support network, actually connect individuals anonymously who have similar backgrounds and issue areas. You saw this as a really uh, valuable thing for a site called The Mighty, which is actually a community for people with chronic conditions, because sometimes you do want to rely on, you know, me with a, your therapist, but a lot of times people don't want to talk to a family member, don't want to talk to a therapist. They actually want sure. to talk to someone that is going through what they're going through. And whether you're a D1 football player in Florida, or a D1 football player at Alabama, you're usually experiencing very similar challenges and issues. And so that's like something that we're, we're focused on developing in the future too. That's great. So um, have you guys taken in any uh, any outside venture capital? You funded this uh, all on your own? Yeah, so bootstrap it all in the beginning. That's all been paid back. We uh, did take some money from Techstars in December. We wrapped up a program with them. It was Congrats. all focused on physical health, thanks. And uh, we actually are, are raising our, uh, kind of a pre-seed round right now. Um, and we're about a third way filled through it. So, um, so that's kind of what my folks has been over the past kind of month and a half. That's great. Well, um, you know, we'd love to, to be a party to any, uh, you know, introductions or strategic partnerships, uh, since we've been doing this in the franchise or franchisee space, as well as corporate, 
platforms that are uh, backed by private equity. So they're, they're, they're ready to grow. And they also look at all the data that you're talking about saying, Hey, three or 4% of our members a month are leaving. You know, there's always been talk about, we got to focus on retention. And that seems to have been done on a very, you know, digital light type of model. Like, Hey, we communicate with people over email. We send text messages. Like right. we have people that can actually build a relationship with someone and let's empower those relationships with technology. Let's not use a technology as an excuse that that was our weapon. We tried it. It didn't work. Yeah. Um, so from a standpoint of you, one, you know, co-founding a company with your mother, um, two, being the, uh, you know, captain of a, of an elite, I, you know, uh, track team. What are some of, um, the life lessons that you give people, or if you could tell your younger self, um, you know, about the last, uh, you know, entrepreneurial run here and how long it takes to actually build a real business and value and, and patience. Whereas an athlete, I want to win and I want to prepare and then I want to go on to the next thing. Um, so give us a, give us a little entrepreneurial, uh, soliloquy, if you will. Yes. No, I, I would say, you know, I, I love being an entrepreneur and, and being kind of the captain of your own destiny. But I would also say to aspiring people that most of the time it kind of sucks. You know, you, like you really need to find what you're super passionate about, whether it's the mission, the journey of building something, a persistence of just not losing and not giving up. But it's very difficult and it's way harder and I think less sexy than, than most people make it sound. I kind of compare it to any creative job, whether it's a musician or an athlete or an actor, it's very easy to glorify. Everyone wants to be George Clooney, but you forget about the million other people kind of struggling along the way. Exactly. So I would say the best way to help solve for this is you really need to develop a super strong support system around you, whether it's your family, your, your spouse, you know, I'm not religious, but your local church, because yeah. I don't believe anyone can do this effectively by themselves and they shouldn't. And so it's really important to not only have that, but when you're going through this, recognize, you know, those relationships and so that, you know, they don't start to deteriorate. Cause I think I've heard a lot of stories of founders and people that kind of let them go by the wayside. And I think it's really important that you need to take the time to make sure you're still kind of nurturing those close relationships, because that's, I think, how you're going to be successful in the end. Yeah, I always tell people, um, you know, fasten your seatbelt. You're in for a roller coaster. Yeah, uh, yeah. Two, two, get ready for a lot of loneliness. Yeah. And three, a lot of introspection. Um, <laughs> and, and just one anecdote on that for entrepreneurs. So as a story, and I don't think many people know this, but I used to not go to dinners with with like business school friends or, or alumni buddies from from undergrad when I was starting up Integrity Square because they always ask you like, Hey man, how things are going? You know, you're crushing it. And I'm like, bro, I'm not fucking crushing it. One, two, I kind of don't want to lie to you. Three, I'm not doing the credit card roulette thing because I got to meet, I got to meet payroll next week, you know? So it's just like, it's a totally different, you know, way to think about it. And then you kind of calibrate like your risk return and your freedom. Uh, at the same time, like you have basically set yourself up for failure mm -hmm. and now you're going to try and dig out of it because you started this up and it's an experiment and this, yeah. most experiments <laughs> don't go well, you know? I, yeah, I totally, I totally agree. I mean, I think like, and that's why, you know, I found the best, uh, way of helping solve that too, is not only through friends, but other founders and really building early. And that's what kind of something like Techstars gives you is your ability to kind of just like build that community because you know, very few people kind of understand that, that, that journey. Yeah. And, and I think like there is a normalcy, unfortunately, of like, there are so many highs and lows and like just not getting discouraged and being persistent is really important. I actually think it's a great analogy to athletics. Um, you know, whether, you know, I had a lot of injuries in college and kind of working through those. And so 
a lot of your success with entrepreneurship, I feel like is when opportunity meets preparation and just being able to hang on long enough to probably get a little lucky and, and, um, you know, things like that. But yeah, I, I totally, I'm totally with you. Yeah. And, and the other thing is, um, you know, look, you bootstrap this, uh, you know, and, and there's nothing like the feeling of transferring money from your personal account into your <laughs> business account. And you can't tell anyone how that feels until you do it and you do it repeatedly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, I remember when I started up a software company, you know, I went to Harvard business school. Uh, we used to play at Yale on club team. I was the, the goalie in soccer. So I don't think we were there That's at the awesome. same time, but I love that. Um, but they don't have a class at Harvard business school or Yale or anywhere else. When do you know when to shut down a business? When yeah. do you know that it's okay to fail, you know, and then failures, you know, the acronym is like first attempt in learning. Right. And that's why you got to keep doing things. I think Microsoft used to love hiring people that had an unsuccessful business because they had one humility two they had experience and knowledge and they felt what it felt like to lose. Yeah. And that was like a great foundation to say, Hey, I'm going to take this person. I'm going to put them into a winning team and I'm going to let them actually help my team learn from what they learned without me having to pay for it on my own. So I think it's, I think you got to you know, go in there knowing that. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think it is, it is such a, a uh, again, and that goes into the support system too, of like, you need those people when you start to doubt yourself a little bit that can reassure you, like you got this, you know? And so yeah. I think, um, no, I, I hear you totally. Uh, well, I'm glad that uh, the market has finally caught up with what you guys identified a long time ago, because obviously 10 years ago, you know, people talking about mental health, they thought it was, you know, only those people have those issues yeah. <laughs> yeah, and everyone else who had these issues, whether it's athletes, celebrities, you know, professional tennis players, you know, we're all dealing with our own stuff. You know, we're on a planet moving 66,000 miles an hour. Things are not always going to go as according to plan, you know? So I'm glad that it's at the forefront. I'm glad that you're, that you moved into the bricks and mortar because we need to establish ourselves as we are going to help every member optimize whatever's going on in their life. We're responsible for that. So you're yeah. going to help us make that happen. And, and I would say too, like, you know, even outside of the business opportunity, like Eight, over 80% of the reason people actually work out now is their mental health. It ranks above weight loss, yep. physique. And so that's why you are starting to get these gyms like Lifetime to create these kind of country club-esque uh, places for people because it's really becoming more about community and mental health than it is about just fitness. And so most companies, it's very difficult, as you know, to like build a medical practice and it's not their core business. It's highly regulated. And so rather than them trying to develop themselves, we really see ourselves as this add-on to any of these organizations. And over time, you know, we really want to be that premier behavioral health platform for the athlete community more broadly, from youth sports with all the issues as NIL, through high school, college, postgraduate, in some cases professional. And so we're actually even going to kick off with a collegiate um, athletics department with about 250 student athletes later this year. Um, but, you know, that's kind of like the starting point is the gyms, but where fitness is going, it could be a wearable company. Like, you know, we don't partner with Aura and we're ta- obviously too small for that now, but Aura now tells you like you're stressed out, you need to like sleep more. And so now if you actually had the added service of, in addition, you can access all of this content and licensed clinicians to help you with that. We really see that as a value add to really any type of fitness type organization. Awesome. Well, officially welcome you and your mom into the Halo sector. If you want to use that acronym, it's royalty free. We'd love everyone <laughs> to use it. And um, once this podcast launches, let's uh, start talking about who, where introductions could be made because this is a valuable part of the puzzle. 
And we got to keep people healthy. When people are healthy and focused and feel good about themselves, they create amazing things. And otherwise, they don't. So great to meet you, buddy. Thanks for coming on on a holiday. And uh, we'll hit you back when this uh, podcast is ready to go. And, uh, you know, meet in person as soon as uh, that that could happen. That sounds great. Yeah, I really appreciate you having us on. And uh, thanks so much. Awesome. All right, buddy. Have a good day. Appreciate it. See you.